Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Throw one little thing out. Yes. You guys have probably seen advertised AD. It's, a, it's NBC, which is different. And it um, starts Easter Sunday evening. Okay. Now, most people can copy it. It's a 12-week miniseries. And David Jeremiah is endorsing it. Oh. He's going to preach sermons. From that. It's the book okay. of Acts. It is and, uh, touched by an angel. That's Roma Downey's yeah. uh, new she series. She is a yeah. producer. And she, and she, on davidjeremiah.org, there's a half-hour video of what this cool. is trying to do. And it is trying to... Christians will watch it, mm-hmm. but to seek out and yep, it's witness to, to the lost. Yeah, so but don't you word. find it awesome that it's about the Book of Acts, yeah. which speaks to where we are? You know what we've been studying That's all this time. Spirit, this speaks yeah. to the Book of Acts and life in the Spirit, not you know, not in the flesh, which is really awesome. So God bless Roma Downey and yeah, her husband. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah, I think it will be. Praise the Lord. Um, well, okay, we, we are, we've been talking about um, manifestations of the Holy Spirit and um, how God um, listed nine different manifestations and in three groups of three. There are revelation manifestations, there are power manifestations, and there are prophetic manifestations. And... Um, so we're in the middle of the revelation manifestations right now. Um, and when I'm talking about revelation, I'm talking about a supernatural uncovering of things that you and I could never know um, by our own knowledge or understanding. It's not drawing a conclusion. It's not making an inference. It's a supernatural uh, impartation of a word, just a word of God's un fathomable, immeasurable wisdom and knowledge. But he'll drop something in your in your knower, you know, in the center of your imagination, and you'll just know it beyond your own ability to do so. Um, whether it's a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. Wisdom, when wisdom comes, that speaks to the future. It speaks to God's plans and purposes according to his will. And That kind of wisdom um, will speak to God's overall vision. So when Jesus was asking the guys, who do you say that I am? Peter looked at him and said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, men did not tell you that, but the Holy Spirit. And that was a word of wisdom. That was God's plan. That was God's purpose. And um, so that was a word of wisdom. Um... Then when you get to a word of knowledge, that is actually a supernatural bit of the knowledge of God, a factual bit of knowledge that you could not possibly know in your own ability. There's no way that you could know that. Um, And last week we read about... um, Well, I'll tell you what. Let's just go to John 4. Um, 
Go to John chapter 4. This is Jesus' encounter with the woman at the well. Now, Jesus um, went to Samaria on the directions of God because he said, I never do anything unless the Father tells me to do it. I don't do anything I don't see the Father do. God directed him to go to Samaria to the well at Sychar. He sent Jesus there specifically. And God set up this encounter between Jesus and this young woman who um, this is such a no-no. I mean, it's beyond even just no. This is like triple no-no, okay? Because this young woman, she was lower than the dirt on the bottom of your shoe. She, She was first a Samaritan who is totally off limits to every good Jew. No Jewish person would ever associate with a Samaritan because they would make them unclean. So um, that was the first thing. People didn't even put the sole of their foot in Samaria. They would go miles out of their way when they were traveling from Jerusalem up to um, Nazareth, up to Galilee, up that way. They would go miles out of their way. They would go to the east side of Israel and travel up that spiny mountain ridge around Samaria, which was a really dangerous place because it was full of robbers and thieves because there were caves everywhere. But they would go that way before they would ever go straight north through Samaria. And um, Jesus takes his disciples right smack into the middle of Samaria. And um, while he's at the well, he's having this interesting discussion with this woman who, first of all, she's a Samaritan, so she's an outcast. Second of all, she's a woman, which makes her on a par with the cattle. That's, That's how equal they were. And actually, cattle were more valuable than women because they at least turned over an income for the family. Women were um, a necessary evil, you could say. Not that they weren't loved by their families and esteemed by their families. They were. But they were absolutely worthless. The only way that a dad could recuperate all of his losses from having a daughter was to marry her off well and to get something back from the dowry of you know, or the you know the covenant promise, whatever that happened to be, whatever the agreement was, that was his only hope of recouping his losses. So she was a woman that made her like lower than low, whether she was in Judea or Samaria, it didn't matter. Second, she was um, um, a Samaritan, so that made her this like the scum of the lowest. And then you say on top of that. She's an adulteress. And so even the Samarians don't like her. She had to come to the well in the middle of the day. The the women of the town would go in the morning early and then the evening early to get their water. She was not allowed to be there then. So she was like the outcast of the outcast of the outcast. Like the lowest thing on earth. And Jesus went directly to her. He went by direction of God. That's the first thing. But while he's talking to her, he he says something interesting to her to get her attention. It's sometimes when you have a word of knowledge, not so much a word of wisdom, but a word of knowledge, a word of knowledge will get somebody's attention. 
where a word of wisdom people might go yeah 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 you know whatever but a word of knowledge people go whoa how'd you know that and that's exactly what happened Jesus was trying to have this discussion with her about the water you know and, and he says well if you knew who I was and you know you would ask me and I would give you living water and you would never thirst again she says well how can you do that because you can't you don't even have anything to dip down into the well and you I mean she's in the flesh and he's in the spirit right so he needs to get her attention and this is what he does um, start with verse 12 in chapter 4 are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle and Jesus answered and said to her whoever drinks of this water will thirst again but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst but the water that I will give him will be in him a well of water springing up unto eternal life that's so important for this woman to hear because he's saying if I give you water I will continually clean you which means you'll be okay you know sh every, every person that's that low down on the scale needs to hear that good news first of all but then the woman said to him sir give me this water that I thirst not neither come here to draw and Jesus said to her <clears throat> see she, they're talking water and all of a sudden he looks at her and he says go get your husband and come back and the woman answered and said I have no husband and then Jesus drops the bomb on her he never met this woman in his life and yet he knew her whole life history right here boom you have well said you have no husband for you've had five husbands and he whom you now have is not your husband in this you said truly not only has she had five husbands but the man she's living with now is not her husband and and he, a stranger in that place, knew it. That is a word of knowledge. As soon as that fell out of his mouth, her response was, Whoa, you're a prophet. Then he had her attention. You know. Then he had her attention. A word of knowledge will usually do that, kind of bring you up short. You know, like, how could you know that? The story of Philip and Nathaniel. Philip, um, was convinced that Jesus was the one. But he ran to get Nathaniel. He said, Nathaniel, you've got to come. This is the promised one. And Nathaniel's going, oh yeah, right. You think anything good can come out of Galilee? Are you kidding? You know, it's kind of like either Backwoods, Alabama or West Virginia jokes. Could anything come good out of Backwoods, Alabama? You've got to be kidding. But anyway, um, Nathaniel was not excited about going. But Philip prevailed and finally Nathaniel went. Well before Nathaniel got within just I mean you know before Nathaniel was even close Jesus started saying there he is a man of fine character a man who you know who is strong and faithful and all these good things about him. And Nathaniel says how do you know me? And Jesus said before Philip came to see you I saw you sitting under that fig tree. Nathaniel was a long way off how could Jesus possibly have known that Nathaniel was sitting under that fig tree when, when Philip came up it was a word of knowledge a factual piece of information that Jesus could not have known unless God told him as soon as God as soon as that came out of Jesus' mouth Nathaniel's response was whoa you really are you know it got his attention 
when you are ministering to somebody and you get a word of knowledge, it it is for the purpose of one, either getting your own attention, which that too, but also, aside from helping the person that you're trying to help, usually brings a surprise on everybody's part because wow, how could you know that, you know? We shouldn't be shocked at it. Jesus was never shocked at it. People who walk in the supernatural are never shocked at it. But the rest of us who haven't been doing a very good job of that are always shocked at it. And um, so um, when you talk about that word of knowledge, it's just a very specific uh, factual piece of information. But it is supernaturally given. Something that you in all of your getting of knowledge could never know. Okay? Now don't be nervous that you're going to be praying for somebody and God's going to open the closet. Okay? You don't have to, you're not going to be able to see, you know, all the skeletons in the closet. But whatever God would show you is something that that person needs to know that God knows. And um, for whatever reason, that's what it's given for. Um, Like, um, you remember when... um, Paul's ministering, or Peter's ministering, and this um, guy comes around and he's following him because the baptism of the Holy Spirit's just flowing everywhere and people um, have the manifestation of speaking in tongues. And this guy says, I want to buy that because he's a magician. And he says, I- I'll purchase that if you'll give me that power. I will, I will buy it. Well, Peter, instead of saying to him, you know, how dare you, he said, I perceive that you are eaten up with bitterness and unforgiveness. It was a word of knowledge about this man's spiritual condition that would keep him from receiving. He didn't say, no, you can't. He said, this is what you're eating up with. And until you deal with that, nothing's going to happen in your life. And so the man said, pray for me, you know, immediately. Um, That's a word of knowledge when you're trying to help somebody. Um... And it may blindside everybody because nobody that I've ex- given you examples of um, were, were in the middle of that conversation when the word of knowledge came. It just came out of left field. And it will sometimes for you come out of left field. And it won't have anything to do with what you're dealing with if you're ministering to somebody. Um, but it'll be something that has to do with them. Okay? Um, there are, in most cases... The word of wisdom and a word of knowledge seem to work together. So if you get a word of knowledge, God may also give you the wisdom about why you need to clear it up. You know, whatever it is. You know, I I have planned for you, you know, to do this in the future. You need to deal with this now or whatever. Um, There are a lot of places where you get those together. Um, Acts 10. Let me see. Hold on a minute. Um... I may come back to Acts 10. Uh, Go to Acts 9. Acts chapter 9. Because 10 has discernment in it too. These things just flow together. And you shouldn't be surprised if one kind of comes on top of another. Um, Okay. Paul's been traveling around the area arresting 
um, all Christians, putting them in prison, having them killed, celebrating when Stephen was stoned. He had a terrible, terrible reputation for being a murderer of Christians. And he freely tells you I was a murderer. He freely tells you that. Chiefest of sinners. And um, Jesus knocks him off his horse and they have an encounter. That's discernment, which that's being able to see into the spirit realm. Because nobody else could see what was going on. They only saw the light. But, but Paul saw Jesus. Okay, That's discernment. We'll talk about that one next. But um, for right now, Paul went, went to the, uh, the room and stayed for three days um, in Damascus. And he was blind and God was dealing with him, okay? Now, all the way across town, there's a little Christian guy named Ananias. And he's just praying one day, you know? These are the things that you hope you never hear in your prayer closet. I'm just saying. You just go, Lord, just don't tell me this one. Okay, you can tell me other things, but just don't tell me this. Okay. So it's like the worst news Ananias could have ever gotten. Start with verse 10. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision. Now this is important. Words of knowledge come in visions a lot of times. Sometimes it's just a thought that's dropped into the back of your head. But, but visions are not uncommon at all. To see something in the Spirit. Jesus had the vision. He said, I saw you, Nathaniel, under that fig tree. He'd had the vision of it. Um, so, the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I'm here, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight. Very factual piece of knowledge, right? And inquire at the house of Judas, another factual piece of knowledge, for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prays. He's seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in. So now Paul has this word of knowledge that a man named Ananias is going to come see him and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. And here's Ananias' response. I would have said the same thing. You are out of your mind, Lord. Then Ananias answered the Lord, I've heard by many of this man how much evil he's done to your saints in Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on your name. You know, he's going to tie me up and take me away, Lord, if I go in there. He's got permission. But the Lord said to him, go your way. And then he gave him a bit of wisdom. This has to do with God's purpose and plan. For he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. That is a word of wisdom. Can you see the difference in a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom? Street called straight, man named Paul, Okay. Um, very specific. House of a man named Judas. That's a word of knowledge. But the word of wisdom is God saying, I have a plan for this man's life. This is my will. And this is the word of wisdom. So this is what he's going to be doing. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went. I think, wow, that's enough. But, um... In the going, this is what I want you to see, even if it's the worst possible news in the whole world like that that you could ever get, in the going is the best possible blessing. 
It's why we all have to pray for boldness. To step out and do what God's called you to do. Obey immediately. Um, it, it is such a hard thing to do. And I, I'm telling you, I, as long as I've walked in this, this study has been really hard for me. Really hard for me. Really hard. Because um, I know that um, I'm not walking in the supernatural naturally. And um, I'm going there. I am getting there. I am fighting my way through it. But I'm not fighting with God over it. He's already given it. I am fighting my own flesh over this one. Fighting my own flesh. It's, um, it's been such an education. I cannot tell you. Okay. In Revelations, um, John gets the letters to the seven churches. Okay, in each one of those letters, there's a word of knowledge. I see you, and this is what you're doing, and this is how you're acting. Fact, fact, fact. Then there's a word of wisdom on the end, and he says, this is my plan for you. If you will do this, if you will do that, if you will do the other, you will be with me in heaven. You will wear a crown in heaven. You will be, you know, clothed in righteousness. So he gives the word of knowledge, factual information about what's happening in the church. But then he gives John um, that word of wisdom to tell the people this. If you will turn, you know, and stop doing these things, I promise that I will do this, that, and the other. And that's my desire for you. So word of wisdom, word of knowledge combined. Um, I cornered Tom because he has such a neat testimony. I don't even know how many years ago this happened, but Tom, you shout it out so everybody can hear over the organ. But just tell everybody what happened to you. Well, I think I'll start with Ron Markwood. <clears throat> used to be my Sunday school teacher. And he always said when you pray, if, if somebody else is praying in the room, he said, use the term, use an, be an energy vessel. In other words, focus on the prayer and just kind of be an energy vessel to the prayer. And what I learned to do was like, close, I just close my eyes and uh, try to be open to the prayer and in agreement with the prayer. And uh, so that's where I focused on. And I guess I can use Wendy's name, right? Yeah, you can talk about Wendy. She's Wendy Licklar used to A lot of people here, were here. Maybe. And uh, Wendy Sorry. was praying. I think was Wendy Pratt? Yes. Yeah. It was her sister, yeah. right. It was her sister-in-law or sister? Well, sister-in-law. Yeah. No. Anyhow, the prayer was on, actually it was Placenta Priva is what it was called. And I understood what it was with my studying, uh, with my work. And I was sitting, I think, where John is. And I was just praying on there and I visited and I had to be an energy vessel. And I, uh, it's going to get tough. So I'm praying, and I have a picture of what it is. This is what I thought it was going to be. Take a deep breath. You're good. And and it moved. You know, and I, go, and I was just sitting there and I'm thinking, wow, it moved. And and. And that's what we were praying, I'll just say yeah, that. We were that praying that it would praying, move. Placenta yes. needed to move. Yeah, it needed to move. What it is, is the placenta uh, attaches to the uterus 
in line with the birth canal. In other words, it's plugging the birth canal, if I may use that. Well, it moved, and I mean, I'm thinking, yeah, wow, it moved. And then I started thinking, it moved? And I'm thinking to myself, it moved? And then it's like, you need to tell her. And I thought, what? <laughs> you need to tell her. And I was like sitting there going like, oh my goodness, I, she's going to think I'm crazy. Really, I did. I I'd never had that. And and I and then Dave I think left and I thought I gotta I gotta go catch him and tell him. And then as as it turned out, Sandy asked Wendy to pray. Wendy came up and sat at the table and prayed the end of the prayer. When it was over, I just grabbed her arm and I said, It moved. And she looked at me and she goes, I said, It moved. You need to tell her. She goes, I will, thank you. And I was like, Whoa. I thought she would think I was a well, you know. And uh, so, you know, that being done, I thought, well, that was, you know, I'm thinking, uh, nobody thought I was crazy. <laughs> but then Monday, I had a long day at the office. Anyhow, it's a long day. But when I came home, Lana said, you got a message. But it, it moved. Isn't that amazing? And it and it moved on Sunday, not on Monday. It moved on Sunday when we prayed, and and Tom had that vision right there. That is a perfect word of knowledge. Okay, he saw exactly factually what was happening, and then the anointing was so strong. You might as well finish it and tell him everything. The anointing was so strong on Tom from that. That he was physically shaking, trembling. Well, he couldn't, yeah. You know, you could. And I say that to you because um, that's what happens sometimes, when, especially when you're starting out. Your flesh is not is not capable of containing that much power all at once. You know, you, you grow into that, but um, um, it 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 is um, earth shattering. You know, it's like an earthquake. You know, yeah, and you don't forget it. You don't forget it. But that ought to be the natural normal for us, the normal natural. It ought to be. And um, that's where we need to go all the time. And you had the same overpowering experience. She she just got the baptism of the Holy Spirit two weeks ago. And it was all over her, you know. Her hands were tingling, her feet were tingling, and she was, she, yeah. You know, and it doesn't happen that way with everybody because it didn't happen that way with me. Um, I, you know, I think you know God's going to give it to people however they want it, and not that God's been tough with me, but He just knows me that that I need to take everything by faith. You know, some people can 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 take that and and be okay with it, and I, you know, He He didn't want me to even trust my senses. You know, I either took it by faith or I didn't. You know, and I and I've known that for a while. I mean, it started years ago with other things, but. Um, you know, it just but everybody has their own their own experience with God because you're your own person, and He knows just what you need. But um, I, I just thought I wanted you to know that this class isn't void of spiritual manifestations. We we have that happen, and uh, what I want to do is see it happen more often. 
And the way it happens more often is with that total baptism in the Holy Spirit. So that everybody is flowing in the Spirit. So that the power of God is is more present and um, is able to move on a higher level. You know, in more power. And um, um, we'll be able, you know... God will be able to use us to move heaven and earth to do what he wants to do when we get there. But but I, I'm coming more and more to the realization that that's where he's going because he needs a body that's willing to do that, to sell out and, like Tom, be a fool. You know, he was going, I can't tell him that because I would just, they'll think I'm a nut, which a lot of people would, you know, but not this group. <laughs> and especially not Wendy because she's, she's over there too. But, um, she could receive that wide open and God knew that. So. You know, I was thinking about that. I thought just slightly that that I can't tell her that. And then that got totally pushed out. It, it right. became, that was not an option. Yeah. It became so overwhelming that it was not an option. There you go. Whether I was going to tell her or not. Because I was going out the door after him. If I, I, I had decided I have to. I'm going out the door after him. That's it. You can't not right. do it. You can't not do it. And um, I just I, I just want you to know that I mean we can read in the Bible about all of these examples, but you need to know that it happens right here in this class um, that that we are all the same vessels. We're all on the same place as far as that goes with God, and um, we're all the righteousness of God. But to the extent that we're willing to open wide open. And let God just have us and fill us up and and ask for that baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's the extent to which you're going to start to see these things. And um, not to be impersonal, but I just, I told Tommy last week, it's little Tom. I should stop saying that. I've known you so many years. It's little Tommy. But, um, (laughs) right, anime? He'll always be your little Tommy. I know it. Okay. But, um, I know that God envisions him healing on a deeper level, on a far deeper level than he, he is now. Words of wisdom, words of knowledge should be manifesting, you know, as he cares for his patients. But likewise, wherever you are, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discernment of spirits, all of this ought to be functioning at a very high level in you so that you can minister to people, so that you have a wisdom about what's coming, you know what to do in any circumstance in your job, because your purpose is to bring the blessing of God wherever you are. And that means all of the benefits of the Holy Spirit are wherever you are when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. And God just will drop the most beautiful wisdom in your mind, things that you never would have thought of yourself, and... um. Um, and when he does you know you can do those things freely because he's going to be with you for whatever Um, oh gosh 30 35 years ago not quite 35 right after I got spirit filled um, teaching school and I was praying about you know starting my year and um, this was going to be a tough year because I taught first grade for years and years and they were moving me to a, um, a second grade classroom for a year. I'm going to try that looping thing, you know. And um, 
um, I was going, Lord, I, I, I don't know anything about second grade. I, I've never taught second grade. I don't know what I'm doing here. And um, I got it so clear. He said, you tell those children every day of their lives that you love them before they go out the door. That's what I want you to do. So I started that 35 years ago, and I didn't stop. And I thought, you know what? I could have been sued. I could have been, you know, put in prison. But I did that every day of my whole teaching career, all up until I walked out the door, you know. Because God said they need to know God's love. And so I told them at the beginning, you know, you're a gift of God in my life. So every day, I'm going to tell you. And I did. And um, whether or not that did anything for me, I don't know. But I just knew that I had to obey that. And because I obeyed that, he prospered me in my job. You know, I didn't get fired. I didn't get sued. I didn't, you know, those things never happened in my life. But I think it was because I was bold enough to be, you know, to be faithful to it. But little things in my job, you know, things like, you know, how do, how do I handle discipline? He just would drop the picture in my mind and I knew exactly what to do. And um, any situation, if you're dealing with a customer, if you're dealing with a patient, if you're dealing with whatever, God will give you that instantaneous wisdom in exactly what you need to do. And He will lift you above it when you're walking in the Spirit. When that's a more natural place for you to live. When you live out of the kingdom and, and live toward the material realm. And um, that's what I want for you. I want us to go from here and capture the county. But God doesn't intend for us to sit in church. He intends for you to go to work. He intends for you to interact with people. He intends for you to reach out. He intends for you to be different places and do different things. He intends to do that. But he also intends for you to take his supernatural power when you go. And um, so just keep that in mind as we go from here. Because this is, we're not talking impossible here. We're talking necessary. It's, it's not the impossible. It isn't even extra. This is the necessary. Okay, this is the necessary. Um, as this world gets worse and worse, um, people are going to get more and more desperate for the things of God. There is going to be a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And you're either going to be on the crest of the wave or you're going to get rolled over by it. And there's not going to be a comfortable place. So you just need to know that. You know, you need to be able to walk in these um, anointings because you're going to need them. You're going to need them to, to thread your way. Um, discerning of spirits is the third um, revelational manifestation. And it also works with word of knowledge and word of wisdom. Okay? Um, this is a manifestation of insight into the spirit realm. It's when your spirit eyes are open. And you can see into the spirit realm or sense into the spirit realm. Now every one of us who is a born again believer can pretty much sense another born again believer. We can pretty much do that. And you can pretty much sense a person who's very dark. You'll get a skin crawling. You get that sense. You know when something's not right. That is a discernment, but that is more in the natural than it is in the supernatural. Okay? Every one of us should have that. Born again <laughs> believers, we have the Holy Spirit in us. We should be able to discern. Um, but we have a greater insight that's available to us. Like um, when Isaiah 
saw into the throne room of God in chapter 6. He clearly saw into the spirit realm. The throne of God with the angels around it and um, the, the waters, you know, the rivers, water. And he saw that manifestation with his spirit eyes. He saw that. Uh, Moses saw the back parts of God. He saw into the spirit realm. He couldn't see God's face and live. The, the light that would come off of God's face would have destroyed him. Like a million megatons of atomic energy that would have destroyed him. But the back parts he could see. Um, Paul seeing Jesus when he was knocked off his horse. Nobody else around saw Jesus. They saw a light, but they never saw Jesus. But Paul saw him clearly and had a little talk. And then he was caught up into the third heaven. And he said, the things I saw there, I can't even tell you. I can't tell you. Um, it was beyond telling. Um, when Elisha was at Dothan, you know, and uh, the Syrian army was all ticked off at him, Elisha had been having a lot of words of knowledge. Every time the Syrian army came after um, Israel's armies, Elisha got a word. And the Lord would say, go tell the king this is where Syria is going to be. And so it would thwart every plan. So the Syrian king said, who is in our camp leaking all the information? And uh, one of his men said, no, it's, it isn't any of us. It's Elisha the prophet. You know, God, But God was giving him specific words of knowledge. This is where they're going to be. This is the plan. This is what they're going to do. You can thwart it. And they were getting their rear ends kicked. So the Syrians decided they'd go to Dothan and kill Elisha. So Elisha had a word of knowledge. God said, you know what? My army's bigger than theirs. Don't worry about it. But Elisha's little buddy, his assistant, was very nervous about it. And Elisha said, don't worry. Our army's bigger than theirs. And this guy's going, what army? And so Elisha said, open his eyes and let him see. That's, that spirit of discernment came on this young man and he was able to see in the spirit realm that the hills were covered with fiery chariots and the Syrians were in serious trouble. They would have been wiped out except Elisha said, just blind them. Don't kill them, just blind them. Going to make the point, you know. But um, that was discerning of spirits. That young man was able to see. Mary saw the angel Gabriel. Um, Joseph saw him in a dream, Okay. These discernments come in dreams, they come in visions, open visions and closed visions. In other words, you can have the vision inside your mind like Tom had, or you can have an open vision where you know, you're just looking into the spirit realm and there it is. So you can have it either way, depending on what God wants you to know here. Now this is the thing I want to tell you about discerning of spirits. Be very careful here. Satan is a subtle spirit and he uses that door to lead people astray. He can get to your mind pretty quickly. So you always check whatever you see or whatever you hear against the word. Always check it. Because the devil's not going to come with a red pitch, you know, with a red tail and pitchfork and horns. We recognize him. He's going to come as an angel of light. And he is going to try to deceive us. And you, you'll be able to discern him. So you can discern evil and you can discern good. Um, but you better check before you um, quote 
a, a, from a spiritual discernment unless you know that it's from God. And it will always line up with this word. Um, I've, I've seen pastors on TV do this. They'll say, well, I had a word from the Lord, you know, and, and uh, I had a vision, and um, this is what he said. And I'm going, that's not in Scripture. And they'll go, well, this is a new thing. No, nothing is new under the sun and nothing that anybody says that doesn't line up with Scripture, forget it. Walk away from it. Um, God is never going to change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if it doesn't line up with Scripture, walk away. Do not listen to anybody because there are all kinds of people on TV, even on Christian TV, okay? You have to be careful about what you hear and what you discern. We all have the mind of Christ. That's 1 Corinthians 2. We've read that before. All of us have the mind of the anointed one. And he will give you discernment. But there is a supernatural discernment that goes beyond um, what you and I normally have. Um, If you're praying for somebody to be healed. Okay, let's just take the Jesus one. Um, Go to Luke 13. Okay. And I have caught myself here, believe me. Oh. First of all, you got to get bold enough to be willing to pray for people in impossible situations. Playing, praying for possible situations, that's, a, that's nothing. You've got to get the guts to start praying for impossible situations if you want to see impossible answers. And that does take guts because that's when people start to think you're a nutball. That's exactly right. Okay? Um, but just think about this. Um, and we had a gentleman in our church some 25 years ago who he was bent at the, at the hips and he literally could not straighten up. He was stooped over almost at a 90 degree, you know, 90 degree, a right angle. Is that 90 degrees? I don't even know my math anymore. Okay, sorry, don't, don't tell anybody. I didn't know that. Okay. But he, he was um, almost at a right angle. He couldn't even hold his head up. Do you remember him? You grew up with him, too. What was his name? Gene Davison. Gene Davison. That is exactly right. Okay. If he had come to me and asked me to pray for him, I would have laid hands on him. I wouldn't have had a problem laying hands on him. And I would have just said, Lord, I would ask that you heal his back, that you straighten him up, you know, that you straighten his bones, that you, you know, I speak to those bones coming to line. That's the way I would have prayed for him. Okay. But I would have been dead wrong. Maybe. I mean, maybe that's what he did need. But Jesus ran into a woman like that. She was perfectly bent over. And she'd been that way for years. Stooped. Couldn't straighten up. And if I'd been Jesus, I would have laid my hands on her back and started to pray for her spine. Jesus looked at her and cast the demon out. (laughs) And she stood straight up. That's discernment. Um, Are you looking at Luke 13? Let me read it with you. See, he knew what was causing her to be stooped. Because he had discerning of spirits. Alright, look at, uh, start with verse 11. And behold, there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity. Okay, it was a demonic spirit of infirmity that had attached itself to this woman for years 
that thing had ridden around on her back. And believe me, there are a lot of people in this church and out of this church who are walking around with a spirit of infirmity on them. It has nothing to do, you know, with the physical cure, medicine, or anything. It has to do with the oppression of a spirit of infirmity. Um, and, and he'd be glad to move into your house, too. You know, you, you, have to, you have to be sensitive to that. Okay. For 18 years, that spirit rode around on her back and was bowed together and could in no wise lift up herself. And when he saw her, he called out, um, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. Where I would have been praying for God to restore this man's spine, Jesus said, I loose you from that spirit of infirmity. Because he saw into the spirit that it was a, a spirit. And this is the key to that. Jesus said, I give you the keys to the kingdom. And whatever you loose, that means declare loose, luo. Whatever you declare loosed in, in earth is already loosed in heaven. And whatever you declare bound in the earth is already bound in heaven. You're going to bind those demons. You're going to bind those sickness and diseases from coming against people. They're already bound in the kingdom of God. There is no sickness or disease in the kingdom of God, right? then you're going to lose people from oppression. Well, Jesus loosed them at the cross 2,000 years ago. They're already loosed. But you need to declare it over them. Woman, you are loosed from that oppressive spirit. And what did she do? He laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. It wasn't sickness. It wasn't arthritis. It wasn't anything like that. It was a, a spiritual affliction. You need to be able to discern in the spirit what you're dealing with when you're praying for people. Okay? It can be that someone is stooped and or sick as a dog and you may be trying to pray for symptoms, trying to pray for healing um, and all the time the Lord's trying to get a word of knowledge to you saying the person is full of anger and bitterness and unforgiveness. Until the anger, bitterness, and unforgiveness is gone, that person's going to remain bound. <clears throat> so you're not going to deal with the sickness. You're going to deal with their heart. But you have to know that if they're going to get the healing. So you have to listen to God about that. And, <clears throat> the, and I'll tell you this, it doesn't just come naturally. You're going to have to practice it on people. Is everybody going to get healed? No. Jesus didn't heal any, everybody. He went to his own hometown and nobody could get healed. Even though that power to heal was right there present, nobody could get healed there. Because they didn't have the faith to believe. So no, Jesus couldn't get everybody healed either. He stepped over how many people to get to the man at the pool of Siloam. <clears throat> he only lifted up one guy there. Just one. And that's because God said, go to that man, he's ready. But um, uh, you, you have to understand <clears throat> that you have to be able to hear the Lord in order to know how to deal with that. If anybody comes and asks you to pray for them, you pray for them. You pray for what you know God has given them. And you learn how to do it well with Scripture. You, you pray the Word over them. You're never going to go wrong praying the Word. 
Okay. <clears throat> but also say, Lord, you don't have to say it out loud. Is there anything here that I need to know that can help this person get beyond this sickness or disease? Um, fibromyalgia is very real. It's very painful and it's very agonizing. People suffer with that. But mostly fibromyalgia can be dealt with in a spiritual and emotional place rather than in a physical place. But you need to know what you're dealing with. You need to understand that. Um, it, it, has, it attacks your nervous system. It attacks all those things. But you understand that anger, bitterness, rage, worry, fear, all those things attach, attack your immune system. Physically, in the physical realm, all of those emotions, all of those unresolved issues attack your emotional system. And when your emotional system has been attacked, it destroys your immune system. Doctors will tell you that's where cancers come from. A lot of them come from that emotional roller coaster. You know, that, that um, all kinds of diseases come out of just sheer, raw, emotional and spiritual damage and wounding. And you're not going to get rid of those things until you can deal with the heart of it. And that's where you need to have word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discernment of spirits. Now, not every spirit that you discern is going to be an evil spirit. There are a lot of times when there's a good spirit out there that you need to know about. You need to be able to hear the Holy Spirit when he says, that uterus moved and you need to tell Wendy. That's discerning of spirits. You heard his voice and you knew you had to tell her. That was discerning of spirits. So you need to be able to discern good and bad because they both live in the spirit realm. You know, and that's where we make our that's where our life is. We're in the spirit realm. We we have a physical body that allows us to to um, touch this material world, but we are a spirit being. And once you're born again, you're not a citizen of this world, you're a citizen of the kingdom of God. And we need to be living out of that citizenship toward this material world. We need to be a vessel through which um, the kingdom of God can flow into wherever we are. That's the whole purpose of every one of these manifestations of grace. Um, Sandy. Yeah. I'll just share a real quick story. Yeah, you know, shout loud. A couple loud, weeks ago, a couple weeks ago um, I was here on Monday night and oh my gosh, I had just an overwhelming experience. Um, but what she is saying about... To me, it just made me it, it made me think of a situation. We have a friend that lost a child a few years ago, and it, I've probably become closer to this person within the last year, and I have always been petrified of talking to her about this subject because I don't know what that loss is like. And she actually brought it up to me the following Wednesday. And I know that's his timing because it has to be. But I was not nervous in speaking with her about it. I was not scared to death. And it was just such a, a peaceful conversation. I know that's him. That's definitely not me. Right. Because I, I was scared to death up until that point. I think it's, it's so easy to obtain it when you just let go and we don't, we don't hog it up so to speak, with our own thinking. But it was just that I had to share that. I've been sitting here like, I know that's what you're talking about. I know that's it. And it was just, it was just I never would have had that conversation with her. I would have had no idea what to say. 
But I think in looking at her face and her expression, what I said, I can't even tell you because I don't remember half of it, but it was almost like it was comforting her. Mm -hmm. Right. It's, it's just, it was amazing. And, and those words were God's words that just touched her spirit yeah. where she needed to be touched. And sometimes the thing you want to say to a person doesn't make any sense to you. It's off the walls where you're concerned. But if you speak it in obedience, uh, that's where the blessing is. That's where healing is. That's where life is. And um, words are life or death. But when God's anointing is on word, it's life. And it brings life wherever you sow it. You, you are a powerful uh, being. Um, I was reading a, a book the other day, and this gentleman was saying um, uh, about the, the uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit. He said, a lot of people would be asking, you know, what is this thing? And, you know, do I need it? And he says, but when I was ready, I was going... Where's the trigger and how do I pull it? <laughs> and I thought, yes. When you get to that point, that's what you want. You want to, you know it's there. You just want to know how can you use it in the kingdom of God in a mighty way. And um, so I thought, you know, that's a pretty interesting way to look at it. Um, rather than looking at the baptism of the Holy Spirit as being, well, a blessing from God and, you know, something that I can take or leave. Um, you know, when... Desperate people want the gun and they want to know how to pull the trigger. And um, that's what he said. He said, so I was just asking, where's the trigger and how do I pull it? And I'm thinking, yeah, that's, that's when the Holy Spirit can really, you know, fill you up and pour right out your ears. Um, I, uh, we're going to stop there. We'll do uh, manifestations of power next week. But... Um, this week, just continue to seek God about this. Start listening. Ask Him for everything. Press into the Lord. Because really, what you want is that intimate relationship with the living God. So let's just take a minute. And um, now that the Word's gone forth, let's just pray um, and believe for miracles. You know, you may have your own miracles that you need to pray about. Um, but let's just pray a minute and expect some good things to happen here. Father, we just come into your presence. Oh my goodness, we come into your presence. We recognize your power, Lord, and we, we have such a hunger and such a desire for all of you, everything you have for us. Um, Lord, I just ask that you empty us of any of our strongholds, any of our proud arguments, any of our, um, any of our naysaying, Lord, just empty us of that. And uh, give us that water, Lord, that living water that will keep us from thirsting ever again for you, Lord. Fill us up. Fill us to overflowing. Um, Father, we desire to be in the supernatural as the natural in every way, shape, or form. And we give you the praise and the glory. Lord, we, we lift up Tom right now and I curse that tumor at its roots in his throat in Jesus' name. We rebuke it right now and I loose the healing power of the Holy Spirit to come on him and to flow through him. Um, Father, we do expect a miracle. We do expect wholeness. Father, we praise you for Rachel's healing. We know she is completely delivered. We continue to stand against that cancerous attack on her body. We rebuke it and take authority over it. And we speak life into her, wholeness into her. Thank you, Lord, that she's been delivered from those headaches. She's not having them anymore. They're not coming back in Jesus' name. She is loose from that bondage in Jesus' name. Um, Lord, I just thank you for all your mighty 
miracles. Every Everything that you have done, Lord, this far that we've asked and all of the things that you have yet to do for us, Lord, I, I just thank you and give you praise. Um, Father, we, we do expect miracles. We do expect to see your Holy Spirit move in great ways, Lord. And, and more than that, we do expect to see you work in us. Transformational work, Lord. No longer to be satisfied where we are. No longer uh, comfortable, um, Lord. Push us out of our comfort zone and take us to a, a place of adventure in you, Holy Spirit. Um, we ask this in Jesus' name. And oh my goodness, Father, because you're so faithful. We believe we receive the answers and we thank you, Father. Amen. Guys, have a great week. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.